1: Hey there, I'm Gary Parrish. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel biting, dodo birds, and leaky black. Matt Norlanda is here with me. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the like button like your Brandon Davies. You have consent. And if you haven't yet, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please go ahead and knock that out while you're here. Let's get into it. Lots of interesting developments uh, this weekend. We're going to touch on most of them by the time we're done. Maybe all of them. Maybe all of them. But I did want to start with the Big 12, where we have a... Three-way tie for first in the league standings between Kansas, Iowa State, and Kansas State. Raise your hand if you saw this coming. Kansas, sure. It's Bill Self and the Jayhawks. Nothing surprising about them sitting atop the league standings, even though Baylor was uh, the the preseason favorite. Uh, But uh, the fact that it's Iowa State and Kansas State tied with Kansas atop the Big 12 standings is undeniably surprising relative to preseason expectations. Iowa State was picked 8th in the preseason Big 12 poll. That's 8 out of 10. Kansas State was picked to finish dead last 10th in the Big 12. And maybe they'll still finish there. Long season and all that. But right now, Kansas State and Iowa State are a combined 26-3 and three overall. Both are, just like Kansas, 3-0 in the league. I've got Kansas 3rd in the top 25-1. and one. Kansas State 7th. Iowa State 13th. Dead leg. What do you make of the top of the Big 12 standings right now.
0: All right, a few things. First of all, uh, anyone listening, go back. We're what a minute and a half into this podcast. Uh, make sure my man didn't say camel biting instead of camel fighting. I might have heard camel biting Dodo Birds and Leaky Black. So maybe he's getting kinky with it. I don't know what that was all about. But I'm gonna need a I'm gonna need an audio fact check for my, my, my man GP there. Number two. I was uh, I was on the slopes on Saturday, so I was in and out of some hoop stuff. So as we get going with this. With this episode. I did keep up, keep track, but I didn't watch these games closely. I was uh was riding Killington here, getting some getting some good spiritual time on the mountain. And the most we're gonna get to it later. I I can't believe that Arizona lost to Washington State. So let's <laughs> talk Big Twelve, but that one to me might be the most shocking result of the weekend here. Big twelve is starting to have some interesting separation. So Kansas continues to be the store we've talked about all season long, basically only one loss to Tennessee. It's now three and zero. notable in that it was able to go on the road and win two straight games, but the games it won being Texas tech last Tuesday and then getting the win at West Virginia, not even really all that competitive on the road on Saturday, both West Virginia and Texas tech, are not shaping up to be tournament teams, and we've mentioned on the pod previously. Big 12 rates as the best league, and Ken Palmett's had all of his teams within basically the top 50, and that is still the case as we talk here on Sunday night, January 8th, but uh, West Virginia and Texas Tech both being 0-3 in the league, and I actually think they're going to be in some real danger of not making the tournament. I would list Texas Tech as a team whose tournament hopes haven't expired. I just don't think they're getting there. They don't have a win in the top 140 overall, and, and they're 0-3, and they... Didn't schedule well, and the opportunities they had in Maui, they lost those games there. So, uh, Mark Adams might be running out of time here. Yeah, if they were able to turn it around and go from zero and three to ten and four in the league, then we got a different situation. There's just nothing to indicate that's going to be the case whatsoever. So, on the bottom end, I actually think we're starting to get some separation. We'll get to Baylor in just a second because obviously that's extremely notable. But yeah, let's uh, let's have a coda on Kansas State because at fourteen and one and three and zero overall, uh, Jerome Tang has hit the Tommy Lloyd phase of his debut as a head coach, a longtime assistant at one program and at 20 years, two decades, right? It's the same, same path in that regard. Then they, they, uh, they travel to get their first big, uh, big time job as a head coach. And yes or no, Jerome Tang is your front runner for national coach of the year right now. GP
1: has to be right now. I don't even, I mean, yeah, you can make cases for a lot of different people, but I don't know how you would put, anybody reasonably at the top of a ballot right now other than Jerome Tang again first year head coach and inherited a program that only won 14 games last season was picked to finish dead last in his league and i can't speak for ap voters but if you just look at the resume um it's hard not to have kansas state in the top 10 right now
0: you said you had him 7 right
1: Yeah, I mean, I jumped them all the way up. It's one thing to to beat West Virginia at home to get your first big win of the season, which is what Kansas State did last weekend. But when you back that and think about this, I can't remember if I said it on this podcast or on you know when I do a a Tuesday hit uh, with Seren Petro in Kansas City. But at one point, I I said, "Listen, this this could be a comeback to Earth week for Kansas State because you got to go to Texas, you got to go to Baylor, you know." if you're Jerome Tang, you'd split them. You, you take a split and be thrilled. But the likely scenario is that Kansas State goes, goes 0-2 this week. And Kansas State instead went... Went two and zero the week in the week beat Texas at Texas 116 103 beat Baylor at Baylor 97 95 in OT. I don't think anybody in the country's got two road wins that impressive on the resume so far. And when you're sitting here with the loan loss being a true road loss at Butler, Butler's not great, but you know, it's a true road loss at Butler. The resume is, is, is strong. I've seen enough. I think this is one of the 10 best teams in the country right now.
0: Have to be have to be rated as that in terms of how they're playing and and reflected and certainly since I mean since the, they haven't lost since the butt loss they only have one loss and that was in November so they have gone since the start of December without a scratch and getting the wins at Texas again dropping one sixteen that was a program record K State had never had one hundred sixteen in a game until January three and then winning on the road uh, against Baylor full transparency I did not see that game in fact I think I tried to um, uh, maybe I, I don't remember where i was but i don't think that game was on regular tv right that was was that an espn plus special on saturday dude,
1: G- dude, G- they, they, we got to a point saturday night like late saturday afternoon saturday night where like kansas i want to say kansas and west virginia and kansas state and baylor might have both been like streaming games it was just weird to be streaming. Yes. I mean, like it's the way of the future. It's the way of the Got present, it. I guess. But there were two significant Big Twelve games at the same time that were streaming only options, I believe.
0: Yeah, and that that goes back to in the preseason. You know, they get put on streaming in part because Kansas State isn't expected to be that good. That can't right. necessarily be such you know a must watch game. And then it turns into just exactly that. So so yeah, fourteen and one. And for Baylor, I don't I don't know GP. I mentioned this a few shows ago. In terms of Baylor, it's just not going to be the Baylor we've known. Now lost three in a row. They're all the good teams. They're all the teams that we think are going to be in the tournament at Iowa State by one at home to TCU, by two at home in overtime to Kansas State. They are understandable losses, but you've picked up five, and as we've mentioned plenty of times on the pod, the other two um, are to Virginia on a neutral. It was a good game, but Virginia clearly deserved to win that game, and then they got destroyed on the road against Marquette. And then they also got destroyed against Iowa state. So having not seen how the game played out, I can't speak to, you know, to, to, uh, to the ebb and flow of that, but you know, it was a, it was an important spot there for, for the bears. Cause now they, they do have to go on the road and play West Virginia in the league, you know, in the league, there's just no gimmies there, uh, before they get Oklahoma state this weekend. I don't know where we'll go with Baylor. It, it feels like their range of outcomes over the next two months are, are pretty wide, Because they've shown they can beat good teams. They have wins over UCLA and Gonzaga. Those are the two best. They beat Washington State, which beat Arizona. We are we are also, I think, what this weekend showed wasn't a mega, you know, tremendous weekend with stuff up and down the slate. But we did get some results that are providing uh, perhaps a refreshing reminder of just how much our expectations can get uh, tossed sideways. Just you know, stay on your toes here because. The idea that, you know, the top five to ten teams are just going to be borderline automatic gimmies for victories when they're playing sub 50 competition just isn't necessarily the case. So with that in mind, Baylor still I still think this is a top they're not playing like a top 25 team. I still think they will wind up as that, but you lose enough. You're in a tough league. You, know, you never know how a, a group of young men is going to respond to that. So for me, Parrish, over the next two weeks, I would list Baylor among my four or five teams to watch just to see how they respond to this and if they get better or if we might have a situation where it's just one of those teams that they're good, the record doesn't show it, they get to the tournament, but they stumble on the way there and maybe they're going to be a danger no matter the seed next to their their name. But I could see their outcome being anything between this point uh, i'd say uh, i'd say a three seed is the ceiling and if they if you told me they dropped down to like a nine i just wouldn't put it i wouldn't put it out of the question just because they've they've really gotten handled in a couple of these games so i don't i don't think they can hit that elite top tier status kind of team later this season
1: i'm not as concerned about baylor as you are i, I still have baylor in the top 25 and one um you know uh, like they have beat, as you pointed out, they've beaten good teams. So it's not like some of these disappointing teams in the country. You go, man, they beat anybody all year. Kentucky. We'll get to it. But um, this team has beaten UCLA, beaten Gonzaga. uh, And, and the losses are literally all to teams. I also have in the top 25 and one. Uh, So, for my purposes, that's still a rankable team. Keep in mind, Adam Flagler has missed some time. LJ Cryer has missed some time. And I know you didn't see much or, or, or any of the game, but you know, it went to overtime that by definition means, you know, yeah. one shot, did one foot over
0: it? Just a genuine question. Did it go to overtime? Cause it was a volley. Cause it was a volleyball match. Or did it go to overtime? Cause Bailey needed to salvage it or did, you know, did No, Bailey... yeah,
1: Kansas state controlled most of the game. That's true. Yeah. Kansas okay. state controlled most of the game. Um, but like you look at these last two losses, and they're losses. I'm not going to try to pretend they're wins. They're losses. But one of them's a one point loss, and the other one's an overtime loss. I mean, literally, eight one stop or one make in both those games, and, and maybe you're 12 and three instead of sitting here at 10 and five. So I'm not as concerned about them. I think the bigger now it is notable that you know a Baylor team that was picked to win the Big 12 is 0 and three in the Big 12. That that's a bullet point. No question. That's a if you're building a news and notes graphic for inside college basketball, you put that on there. But to me, the, the, the real story from the weekend is 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 Kansas State continuing to solidify itself as um, a legitimate big 12 title contender. And I, I went and, and, and I wrote about this in Sunday morning's top 25 and one. if you missed it, you can check it out there. Um, if you've read it, you're going to hear a lot of the same stuff again. But when you take a look at this Kansas State roster, with fresh eyes, it shouldn't be – like, they've got good players. Sometimes you see a team's good, and you go, I don't know why they're so good or why they keep winning. Like, the players aren't – I don't – this doesn't really make sense. Maybe the coach is a magician. Um, and and clearly, I, I'm not trying to take away from what Jerome Tang is doing. What he is doing is amazing. He would be my, you know, choice for coach of the year right now. But, you know, think about the – because it's pretty clear everybody misevaluated Kansas State. The Big 12 coaches picked them last. I went and looked at our Big 12 preview. Literally every one of us, me, you, David Cobb, Cal Boone, Jerry Palm, picked Kansas State to finish last. Everybody misevaluated Kansas State. So how does that happen? Where, where does it start? It starts with Keontae Johnson. We didn't know what he was going to be. Nobody, nobody could reasonably guess. Certainly from, nobody could reasonably assume he's going to be the same player he was two years ago. Uh, For people who don't know the backstory, he was at Florida, voted preseason SEC player of the year heading into the 2020-21 season, and then he collapses on 12-12-20 and a game against Florida State, and I know he stepped on the court one time last season, so he officially appeared in one game for Florida last season, but he never played again. He had not played since 12-12-20 heading into this season, and nearly two years away from basketball. So it was... Totally understandable to be unsure of what he was going to be. Totally reasonable to be skeptical that he'd be the same player. You know what? He's at least the same player and maybe better. He's averaging 18.8 points, 7-point rebounds, and shooting 41.7% from three. Um, He's a Big 12 Player of the Year candidate right now, along with one of his teammates, Marquise Noel, and probably Jalen Wilson. So what if I'd have told you in the preseason – Instead of, yeah, Keontae Johnson, the guy who collapsed at Florida and hasn't played in two years, he's going to Kansas State. What if I told you Keontae Johnson, the guy who was the preseason SEC player of the year heading into the 2020 season, is now at Kansas State. And he's going to be just as good, if not better, than he's ever been. Well, that changes things. All right. Now let's go to Marquise Noel. He's developed into one of the, the, the nation's best point guards. And I don't know if we could have saw this coming, but like he is clearly one of the nation's best point guards right now. I, I, I'm assuming you saw this stat. It came from the king of ESPN stats and info, Jared Burson, on Saturday night. He's uh, He tweeted that. uh does
0: not at, work for ESPN as a reminder.
1: I know, but it's still the king of ESPN stats and info, far as I'm concerned, and forever will be, whether he's got an office or not. So in Saturday's win against Baylor, Noel got 32 points, 14 assists. Earlier in the week against Texas, got 36 points, nine assists. Did you see this on Twitter? He uh Okay. So Marquise Noel just became the third player in the past 10 seasons to get 65-plus points and 20-plus assists in any two-game span. The other two? Trivia time! It's trivia time! Who were the other two?
0: Say it one more time, please.
1: Only three players in the past 10 years have gotten at least 65 points and at least 20 assists, or I should phrase it the way he did, 65-plus points and 20-plus assists in any two-game span. First two games, last two games, anything in the middle. Only two other players have done it. Trey Young. Is one of them. That's very good.
0: Last 10 seasons.
1: Uh, Give me a conference. Uh, If I give you the conference, it's going to give it away. And the school. Okay, hold on. Then I will say... Nigel Williams-Goss. No, not uh, okay. I could give you the conference, but it's not even. This school's not even in that conference anymore.
0: John Morant. John Morant, okay, give it to me. Let's go. Did not it's, swear. I did I was. I. Are you kidding me? The beard stuff broke on Thursday. Had to do that. Twitter was shut down for for me from better part of three days so i did not see that so the
1: top of kansas state's roster is keontae johnson and a dude who's doing things only john morant and trey young have done in the past 10 years third leading scorer is naquan tomlin juco all-american fourth leading scorer desi seals started for an arkansas team two years ago that made the elite eight that's talent kansas state's got real players and i don't think this is fluky i think they're legitimately good I, you know, now legitimately good can still have you finish in seventh in the big 12. So I'm not ruling anything out, but I think this is, I don't, sometimes you see teams get off to good starts or Hey, the first half of the season went really well, but I'm not so sure. I'm convinced I've seen enough from Kansas state. I think they're legitimately good because Jerome Tang's doing an amazing job and because they've got legitimately high level players at the top of that roster.
0: You listened to this podcast and you didn't think Nigel Williams-Goss would get referenced, but you were wrong. Uh, <laughs> Iowa State also in the top of that. So before yes. we transition to the rest of the weekend, let's touch on the Cyclones real quick here because they are putting on, uh, you know, a nice follow-up, you know, sophomore season here for Otzelberger as a as a head coach and getting wins home against Baylor at Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Oh, by the way. Uh, Gets gets the win at Texas Tech, and they, they were just aching for a good win. The big Twelve is going to get at least six into the tournament. It will be interesting to see how all this shakes shakes out. Uh, Oklahoma might be the uh, unsuspecting candidate in that mix there, but wins like it was able to get on Saturday, I think, are big. But yeah, Iowa State has beaten Oklahoma on the road, got that Wednesday, and then on got the win over a TCU team that you know had not lost but since mid November there, and that's obviously a big one. So they continue to be uh, just a. Pugnacious defensive unit and going on the road and spoiling TCU's weekend here. Which, by the way, we're not getting out of this podcast before we're picking the title game. So just remind me before we get out of here on that. Um, good, good on them for doing it. I did look up their uh, their numbers right now from a tournament perspective. So right now, Iowa State sitting top twenty in the net rankings. It's three and two in Quad one, two and zero oh in Quad two. Doesn't have a bad loss yet pretty sure i mentioned this on a recent episode I, I actually i think i said it in these in these terms iowa state could be a team that takes on a lot of losses but their seed winds up being better than you think it might be just looking at the record at first glance maybe it won't be that maybe iowa state will be able to maintain top three status in a really really good league the best league in america and push its way to one of its best seeds that it's had in the past 20-25 years I, I do think that's that's possible that's on the table Next is at home against a Texas Tech team. You've Got to figure Iowa State will probably never say anything. Never, you know, never say never in this in this league. But if it gets there, it's going to be four and zero before a tremendous, you know, just big, big, big time game at Kansas uh, this weekend. But no, Otzelberger is getting it done, and he's getting it done, having you know needed to reshape a roster two seasons in a row and kind of going against that that trope you've talked about here. Uh, this season where you know the excuses for early you know coaches in their early years year one year two because of roster turnover well there are guys that are not even proving to be exceptions to the rule but just kind of proving the trope to be often inaccurate and they continue to be good Gabe Kalsher has uh has you know played well alongside Caleb Grill who's had a couple of really nice games this season and yeah Iowa State's going to go to the tournament in back-to-back years and just on this point real quick You had when those, when K State finally got rid of Weber, and that was, you know, that was like four or five years coming. I get like, you know, a super nice guy, really, really good coach, but the fan base was wanting that for a number of years. And with Iowa State, uh, it was, you know, pining for a change. And, you know, sometimes uh, the ones that care the most can wind up being right about these things. And those changes were made. And look what's happened with both of those spots. You know, what's going on in Ames and then down in in the Little Apple in, in Manhattan, Kansas. They've got new guys in charge and the programs are, they are they are ascending and they are relevant. And those are two top 15 teams right now.
1: Uh, yeah, like I said, I've got Kansas State seventh. I've got Iowa State 13th. The Cyclones are three and two in quadrant one, two and oh in quadrant two. So five and two in the first two quadrants, no additional losses. Um, that absolutely is the resume. As somebody who looks at this stuff every morning, um, that is the resume of a, of a top 15 team. And you know we'll see where it goes from here. But uh, quite clearly, uh, Kansas State and Iowa State, along with Kansas, which is there every year, turning into the stories out of the Big 12 and some of the best stories in, in, in college basketball. Moving on, Kentucky. Woo! Got smashed again this time by Alabama. According to Twitter, UK fans would like a new coach. We'll get into that next, but first a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, Marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit hyundaiusa.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. So Kentucky got smashed again this weekend this time by Alabama. The final score Crimson Tide 78, UK Wildcats 52. It's an embarrassing performance from the preseason SEC favorite. UK is down to 44th in the net. Wildcats are 0-4 in Quadrant 1, and just 1-5 total in the first two quadrants. By my count, 77 different schools already have at least one Quadrant 1 win. 77.
0: You just say 77 schools. Different schools is redundant. Just so you know. There wouldn't be 77 of the same schools.
1: Oh, I'm glad you did that, because now I've been biting my tongue every time you say these little things that drive me crazy, but now I'm going to be freed up to just... I I want you to say them. I'll send you an entire email. Wildcats are 0-4 in Quadrant 1, 1 and 1-5 in the first two quadrants. By my count, 77 schools have at least one Quadrant 1 win. Kentucky still has zero. And the only Quadrant 2 win uh, the Wildcats have is a neutral court win over Michigan in London, which means Kentucky has zero Quadrant 1 or Quadrant 2 wins in the United States of America. Here's the question. Is Kentucky going to make the NCAA tournament? Yes or no?
0: Mm. Yes, I'll say yes. And confidence level is draining <laughs> on this. Draining.
1: Dude, they, they lost it. seventy-eight to fifty-two, and and I and I know this is a, a cliche that people say all the time, but in this case, it's actually true. And it wasn't even that close.
0: Seventy-eight. Please tell tell me the story of this game.
1: Okay, it was kind of competitive at first and then about okay. midway through the first half Alabama started pulling away and then as the first half unfolded they were really pulling away and then the second half started and they just beat their brains in they were up like 30 million it felt like I mean it was it was I actually like there's different kinds of sadness, you know, like you watch a football player collapse on a field. That's one level of sadness. You watch a basketball program just get in Paris. That's a different kind of sadness. But I, I mean this sincere. It's kind of sad watching Kentucky basketball slash John Calipari just get their brains beat in over and over again. I mentioned 0-4 in Quadrant 1 games. None of the games have been close. They've lost all of them by double digits by an average of 16 and a half points. Like we we look at some of these other teams, Illinois, Maryland, you know, they're good for a little bit then they're bad and then they're good again. And it's like, I don't know what's going, Kentucky's been bad all season. There's never been a moment where you went, Oh man, this Kentucky team looks really, really good. And I'm with you. Let the record show. If I had to bet something significant on Kentucky making the NCAA tournament, I would, or not, I would bet that, that Kentucky will, but for whatever it's worth, Ken Palm now has UK after being ranked number one in the entire country at Ken Palm in the preseason, Ken Palm now has UK entering the SEC tournament 19 and 12 overall, 10 and 8 in the SEC. That's pushing it. That will not get it done.
0: That's a good league. That's not going to get it done. As you, they were, they were one in the preseason. Now down to 20, 25. Man, Alabama hasn't been this good. To, good for Bama. Best start since 0102. So good on them. It's just and you had the. um you had the Texas coaching candidates story and I didn't listen to Friday's pod. I would have to think that you talked about that as well on the pod. So we won't have to, we won't do that segment all over again, but I know you put Cal on that.
1: Yeah. We, we and we talked about it extensively, arguably longer than we should have. And by we, <laughs> I, by we, I mean me.
0: No, I know. I know. Listen, I know you got a, you got a couple words in and then it was boom for 15 minutes. Don't, don't
1: <laughs> I actually went back. Cause I wanted to hear how I said something and I went back and, uh, and I was like, Jesus Christ, I should just shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that's a true thing that happened <laughs> did you just shut up already I was I wanted I You're wanted, talking I wanted me. me I wanted me to shut up I was listening to me and I was going all right all right that's enough you know what <laughs> I've had enough of myself <laughs> that's enough that's enough
0: oh my god It's too funny thank you for the for the belly <laughs> laugh um Oscar
1: Sheaway scores four points what oh yeah had zero I think in the first half four point it. The,
0: my you know my my takeaway from this result because i did i did check out the box score um like early earlier today it's like every time kentucky fans think they're hitting a new low they're finding another one and and we did we talked about this two weeks ago the, there's a portion of the fan base that's like fed up i think they're, they're they're just getting more going over to that that army they're just more by the game there. just To get destroyed like this, it's not like you're losing competitively. 78 to 52. 52 on the road? 52. The offense remains broken. All credit to Bama for having its best start in more than 20 years, and that's a team that can get to a one seed. They're super fun. Brandon Miller, they've got the best freshman in the country. They've been awesome. They'll continue to be awesome. They've got a really uh, interesting road game coming up Wednesday against Arkansas. But Kentucky, what, what? Nothing. To, I don't know. I think they're going to make the tournament, but I, I again, I picked this team to win the damn thing this year. I picked them to win the national championship in 2023. Uh, I'm going to be wrong. I'm going <laughs> to be wrong. I I completely whiffed on that one. But the fact that they're continuing to just to to fail, I just I don't know. I, I thought Bama would win or win close, but 78-52
1: is just yikes. It was yikes. It, and I'm, I'm I'm not overstating it. It was worse if you saw it like seventy-eight fifty-two sounds awful i got gotcha. you it was worse if you what because it was like a 30 point game for the for most of the second half is what it felt like and it was just sort of I mean, even you just look over there at the bench. It's just like Cal sitting there getting his brains beat in, and like this is a team. This team should be good. Like everybody now is like, well, I don't know why anybody's surprised that this team's struggling. You know, they they don't have good players. They they yes, they do have good players. They have got the reigning national player of the year. They've got multiple five stars. Um, you know, slash first round draft picks. They, they got go- they've got good enough players. Maybe not. It's not the best. John Calipari, Kentucky roster ever, but they've got good enough players to be good. I mean, unless you think every media member, every SEC coach, and every computer that evaluates teams had this wrong. I mean that like Mm -hmm. everybody was media SEC coaches, um, literally number one at Ken Palm. Every way you could evaluate teams heading into a season suggested this Kentucky team was supposed to not only be good, but like national championship level good. And like I said, they've just they've been bad all season. And what's what's wild is that, you know, you mentioned that some Kentucky fans are out. just in the middle of the game multiple times, I just went to Twitter and did a, a Twitter search for John Calipari and just, or for Calipari and just hit yeah. and hit latest. And it's like, it's really ugly. He's lost the in-state media. He's lost the fan base. And I, I'm not saying it's impossible to get it back, but as we've talked about before, it's very difficult to get it back. Um, for some context, Chubby Smith coached at Kentucky for 10 years. Won one national championship, just like Cal. Never missed the NCAA tournament. Never missed it. Not once. And got ran out of town. Ran out of town. Ran off to Minnesota. John Calipari is on the verge of maybe missing the tournament for the third time in 14 years. And for the second time in the past three years. And in between those two times would be a first round loss to St. Peter's. That's not cutting it. You know, he could enter. In theory, he could enter next season. With zero NCAA tournament wins since 2019, what? And and um, he probably unless unless he can find a job that he's willing to take somewhere else, he probably will enter next season um, as the Kentucky coach because his buyout after the season is still in excess of forty million dollars.
0: I was going to have you ask. I did not know what it was. I would have guessed like twenty. It's, it's it's $40 million. Okay.
1: What I read um, from the Lexington um, newspaper, Herald-Lieder. yeah, Herald Leader, is uh, even after this season, it's still in excess of, of $40 million. He's
0: and, not going anywhere. They got the number one class in the country coming in. I, you know, Kentucky fans, again. But, but how about they, this? They could lose every game the rest of the season, 78-52. He's not leaving the program. That's not well, happening.
1: Well, how about this? That's how out the Kentucky fans base seems to be on him. They know they've got a historically great recruiting class on the way, and they don't care because they're tired of it. They hear it every year. Oh, great! great.
0: It's a valid stance yeah. to have, by the way. Yeah, we're sick of the song and dance. We get this every year. Right? What
1: does it, what does it mean? What are, we, right. what are we? What are we heading toward? But and by the way, he could take that recruiting class anywhere he goes. He already he did it when he was at Memphis. Yeah, John Wall, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, Eric Bledsoe. I think the only one he had that he didn't take was Xavier Henry, who oh, yeah. ended up oh. ended up going to Kansas instead. But yeah, he could take that. He could take that recruiting class wherever he wants. And I don't care if they're signed to letters of intent; they'll get out of those if they want to. So, it, the you know, last week the question was like, would he leave for Texas? And I had some Kentucky. I don't even know if they were Kentucky fans. I think they were just uh, other fans. And you know, in on Twitter, it was it was like. Well, w- 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 the Kentucky coach would never leave for Texas. Dude, the Kentucky coach left for Minnesota. When it gets ugly, it y- you'll leave if you can. And so the question was, you know, would he take Texas if offered? I think he would at this point.
0: That he looks, t- that seems weird to me, by the way, that visual. I'm not saying it could never happen. That's just, that's weird.
1: How about this? I don't want to speak for John. If I were John Calipari and, and Texas offered me, you know, the eight or $9 million a year I'm making right now. To just get a fresh fan base and a fresh set of expectations, I would take the Texas job, take the recruiting class, and then try to stick it in Kentucky's face. But um, here's the bigger question. If you're Texas, you want to pay $9 million in 2023 for John Calipari?
0: Don't think so. I thought about that.
1: Uh, I'm not sure I
0: would. I don't think so. By the way, you asked if they'd get to the tournament. Uh, Last time, Kentucky lost this bad. Was the last time, not the last time, one of the years they didn't make the tournament. So they lost uh, New Orleans Noel in that uh, 12 13 season in that game against Florida. They lost that game 69 52. The next game they faced was Tennessee on the road. Wasn't a good Tennessee team. They lost by 30 points. So, you know, don't know if it's snowman that's going to, that history will repeat itself, but uh, the largest true road loss by margin for UK since that year. They did not go to the tournament. They famously lost in the uh, the first round to Bobby Moe in the NIT.
1: And even that Kentucky team missing the NCAA tournament, like the other two times John's missed the NCAA tournament that year with Nerland, Nerland, their best player got hurt. And then it just spiraled. They were not missing the NCAA tournament. If Nerland's Noel didn't get hurt. So there was an explanation. Why did Kentucky spiral and miss the tournament? Because their best player got hurt. And then the COVID year, we've explained that. I don't think it's a coincidence. Kentucky and Duke most, both missed the NCAA tournament that season. Uh, they were heavily reliant on first-year players, freshmen, and they didn't have a normal summer, normal preseason, normal non-con, all that stuff, and it, it was hard to overcome. I've talked to Kentucky coaches and Duke coaches about that very thing, and absolutely they say the us not having normal summers and normal preseason impacted us because we were so reliant on first-year guys. So there's an explanation for Kentucky missing at the first time under John and an explanation for Kentucky missing at the second time under John. I'm not sure there's a good explanation for this Kentucky team missing it if it does, except for you know, John Calipari took a, a team that was built to win big and and didn't win you know, didn't win enough with it. Uh, Next up, South Carolina on Tuesday. That's a good opportunity to get right. They just lost by like 40 to Tennessee. And then this is going to be tough. You got to go to Tennessee next Saturday, Thompson Bowling Arena. Uh, So looking like a one-in-one week for John Calipari's Wildcats. But as always, uh, we'll see. Let's move on. Elsewhere around the sport, Tommy Lloyd took his uh, first loss ever inside the McKell Center.
0: What happened? Just let's stop there. What the hell?
1: Pac-12 no. Network, Pac-12 Network, brother. I, you didn't, I didn't see it. We're no both in the dark. No idea. No idea it? We can't. We not can't, even sure it happened. We neither of us. I re- just, okay. I so I read that it happened, but I'm not sure. I'm not. I can't speak is to this,
0: it. Is this? It's a Pac-12 Network deep fake? <laughs> yeah, what we're going
1: what if, with? I, it could be. I I don't know, uh, I, dude. This, uh, some. Is, Somebody tweeted me or somebody else. Maybe it wasn't at me. I saw it. And this was hilarious to me. They said, I have never been able to get Pac-12 Network on my television, but I just realized I can get it on my refrigerator. No. They have a screen on their fridge. Like it's, it's high. And so they were watching Pac-12 Network on their fridge because that's the only place they could get it on their TV, but they could get it on their fridge. Imagine that's that. Cool. That's cold. So, um, Tommy Lloyd took his first loss ever inside the McKell Center. Arizona lost to Washington State on Saturday. New Mexico, that was the last undefeated team in the sport. And uh, now they're on a two game losing streak, lost again. Indiana lost again this weekend, this time to Northwestern at home. Big Ten favorite is now three and five in its past eight games. Internet is way out, way out in the Hoosier State right now. I hope they get that fixed, um, you know, at some point really, really soon. UConn snapped a two-game losing streak with a win over Creighton. Illinois backed a loss with a win for the fourth straight time this season, beat Wisconsin by 10. Illinois has alternated wins and losses for more than a month. Beat Syracuse, lost to Maryland, beat Texas, then lost to Penn State, beat Alabama a and lost to Missouri, then beat Bethune Cookman, then lost to Northwestern, then beat Wisconsin. You got any thoughts on any of those games or anything else that happened this weekend?
0: Let's go back to Washington state, Arizona, because <laughs> it's a top five shocking score of the season. It was Washington state's 18th win in the history of its program against Arizona. 18 times. What? It was the first time the school ever won on the road against the top five team. Kyle Smith. Good on you, man. They, they Washington state had lost 37 games against top five opponents on the road. Um, uh, and the last time they beat a top five of, top five opponent per Wazoo was in eighty three when they won at home against fourth ranked UCLA long before the Mick Cronin era. A- Arizona was held to a season low sixty one and um, it only got two be- it got two bench points. So great win for Washington State. Barring a a mid season flip, it's not going to be a tournament team. That will be that's that's a seed line. Seed line knock. Oh no, we it's got seed line, line knock season is back. It's a seed line knock, and you know it. So whew. but then again. I didn't see it. You didn't see it. No, nobody it's, saw it didn't. except if nobody saw it. it either, so. Nobody
1: saw it except that dude with that really fancy refrigerator. <laughs> That's it.
0: Go, you're going up to, to drop a few cu- cubes in the cup and you're, you're checking out the uh, what's going on heading in the under 12. Hey,
1: a- baby, can you get the cheese dip out and check on that Arizona score for me while you're there? Hey, the buddy. Ind- hey, buddy. Could you grab me a beer? And while you're over there, has Arizona made a run to get back into this thing? Check that out for me. That's the way people are living these days. 2023, it's a wild situation.
0: On the Indiana note... Um, I was up in my uh, old stomping grounds of VT on Thursday night when Indiana was playing Iowa. I was one of my one of my old buddies. he He's from Vermont, but his parents went to IU so he happens to be a huge Indiana fan. He's trying to goad me into tweeting about Indiana. I got no desire I'm not, I'm not gonna tweet about it whatsoever. uh so this this is karma because they blew it that night, and now they lost at home to Northwestern. They're ten and five. Dude. They're, 3 they're, 3
1: and 5 in their past 8.
0: And they they I know they're not fully healthy, but come on, man. Indiana is approaching it's a pro, it's not there. Like I Michigan lost to Michigan State. I I think Michigan's NCAA tournament fate is is nearly sealed. I just don't think Michigan's going to the tournament. Villanova they they're just they're at large hopes I think officially expired when they couldn't beat Xavier at home. They're just they don't they're not going to have they're not going to have enough. And Texas Tech's another one of those kind of teams there. Indiana preseason Big Ten favorite uh, flirting with some real disaster here. That's this is this is not going the way it has been going for Iowa State and K State to name two where you made a coaching change. They wanted a coaching change they started fine enough. They've got the road win against Xavier and that's going to carry tremendous mileage, but there's just a lot of work to be done and internet's out. No reason, no good reason to tweet about the Hoosiers. That's for damn sure. They, uh, blowing that lead. My gosh, I actually did watch. I did watch that game Thursday night. Uh, I watched the Indiana, Iowa game and to see them just soil that lead away. I think they led by 21, at, at, at the at the greatest margin there on the road at Carver Hawkeye, which wasn't even sold out. Um, the Je- and then to come back and and Northwestern, good on you. Twelve and three, okay, getting somewhere. Back to back wins, Illinois, Indiana. I think I saw a graphic they hadn't done this in forever, beating both these teams in the same season. I think I saw that. So Chris Collins in a hot seat season. We actually have two coaches right now, hot seat seasons and they're getting it done. Chris Collins, Northwestern 12 and 3. Jeff Capel. Th- make it three coaches. <laughs> three coaches cuz Jeff Capel did not win this weekend. Who did? Brad Brownell. The Clemson Tigers are the only undefeated team in ACC play. Credit to Clemson, they go on the road. They've won 5 straight, 3 of those being on the road. Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh, by the way, Virginia Tech, they're they're going in the wrong direction. Have lost 4 in a row after an 11 and one start, again keep us on our toes here we just it was a little bit of a quirky weekend in terms of the results we had there so Indiana fans I know you have reached the why can't we just have nice things stage of the season I get that uh, and you're not fully healthy I, you asked me if Kentucky would make the tournament I said yes I'm asking you will Indiana make the tournament yes I will also say yes but like, when are they getting Xavier Johnson back?
1: Um, Jalen Hutschafino's he's he went he's, big on Sunday. He was great. He t- is, he do, is, do, you, yes, do you remember he, who the first person? Who do you remember the first person ever to tell you this guy's a four star prospect? But I watched him work out, and I think he's by the end of this, he's going to be a five star prospect, and he's going to be great. I think that
0: was Adam Finkelstein.
1: That was me. It was not Finkelstein. That was me. I discovered Jalen Shafino.
0: Oh, man. I will agree with you. I'll say Indiana gets there. Um, If you're watching live, thank you again. Give us your input. Do you think Kentucky, Indiana, both one or the other, identify which or neither, are dancing
1: come March? uh, On on that note, um, as you were going through this, it just sort of popped in my head. Big 12, preseason favorite, Baylor, 0-3 in the league. Mm -hmm. Big 10, preseason favorite, Indiana, struggling. SEC, preseason favorite, Kentucky, struggling. Big East preseason favorite, Creighton. Not great. Yeah. Atlantic Coast Conference, preseason favorite, North Carolina. Not ranked. The only one where it's kind of like the two teams that were supposed to be good at the top are real are good. UCLA and Arizona, Pac-12. Pac-12 sort of holding up at the top. But you can, I think say in the in yeah. in six, in the top six conferences in America. The preseason favorites in five of them are really underperforming.
0: I think uh, I think that might have to be a court report section right there this week. Take,
1: take it, take it. Unless you want you wait, hey, you want it from Monday's top twenty-five and one. Leader, no, so. I got no. The top twenty-five and one lead on Monday is going to be uh, me explaining with a lot of data why anybody insisting oh this team has to be number one doesn't know what they're talking about.
0: We have. Uh, I thought we covered this last Wednesday. Uh, Take all 363 teams, put them in whatever order you want. And-
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's not 363, but I do think uh, the, 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 the you have to have your top three right now. Has, let me help the AP voters right now. You guys are listening. Your uh, you, top- some, of them, some of them have checked out.
0: They're done, but maybe there's a few hangers on that you're going to be able to steer
1: them the right way. Your top three have to be Houston, Purdue, Kansas in some order, and it really can be in any order that you want. I love Kansas fans. I love them, but boy, they need to stop telling me it's stupid to not have Kansas ranked number one, because it's not stupid to not have Kansas ranked number one. And I say, this as somebody who thinks Kansas is great, but if you, you can make an argument for any of the, any of those three schools to be number one. The argument for Houston is that Houston is number one in just about every computer. Uh, you know, the, 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 uh, the number one in the betting markets, Houston is technically last time I checked the betting markets, And certainly most of the computers the favorite to win the national championship. So there's your argument for Houston. Just trust the computers and and stop worrying about their lack of quality wins because, you know, they don't play, they don't get the opportunities that a Big 12 team or a Big 10 team is going to get. The argument for Purdue, Purdue's got, I believe, five wins over top 25 Ken Palm teams. That's more than anybody else in the country. So Purdue, you could argue, has more good wins than anybody, at least based on that way of defining good wins. They beat more... Top 25 km teams than anybody else. That's true. And then the argument for Kansas is that it's it's Kansas, it's Bill Self, and they do. This is true. Kansas has more quad one wins than anybody else. So I, I don't care if you have it Kansas one, Houston two, Purdue three, or Purdue one, Kansas two, Houston three, or any order of those three schools, one, two, three, is totally defensible. I just wish that everybody else would understand the order of Houston, Purdue, Kansas is also very easy to defend.
0: Uh, Purdue bouncing back the way it did uh, just, you know, uh, key to uh, its reputation as arguably the number one team. And, you know, Zach Eady he had 30 and 13. Um, Purdue just just completely just flipped it in the second half on Penn State. I did watch the majority of that game on Sunday night. They outscored him 45-26 in the second half at the Palestra. I did see, I think Katz tweeted that uh, Michael Shrewsbury, he's, he's going to get, Penn State to play at that building every year, at least one yep. game, and it'll be a conference game. It'll be a home game, even though they got to travel for it. I think it's awesome, and it looked it looked it look great. P- P- Purdue won the game, and for them to bounce back with wins over Ohio State and Penn State after taking the the uh, the loss to Rutgers, I actually thought was was pretty important. Purdue, by the way, is fourteen and one in its last fifteen games against Penn State. Um, on that note, sticking in the in the league, real quick, GP, I was is maybe studying itself. You know, it, it certainly did what it needed to do to, to kind of steer the ship in a, in a better direction, 10 and six overall, but getting the home win coming back from 21 down to beat Indiana Thursday, and then winning at Rutgers on Sunday by 11 points, uh, a significant one. Uh, I, I think a very significant one after, you know, they had a horrendous Eastern Illinois loss and, uh, and we'll see. Chris Murray continues to uh, to look tremendous. The only other one I have here for notable stuff, and then take it away. I just thought Auburn got a credibility boosting victory, sure, winning by thirteen at home over Arkansas. I don't have it up in front of me. I was looking earlier. I think that is our. I think that is Auburn's first top fifty win of the year. I don't think they had actually had a quality win to this point. So uh, sure, it wasn't on the road. Whatever. You're at home. You're playing an Arkansas team that's not a full strength but it's going to go to the tournament and it's really really good i you know so credit to bruce pearls tigers they needed one to kind of validate some of their preseason hype and they finally got it
1: yeah that was uh, auburn's first win over a top 50 pump team they've also got wins over florida 57 northwestern 52 but if you draw the line at 50 auburn's first win over a top 50 pump team uh, did come over arkansas this weekend uh, on Northwestern real quick. Cause like you mentioned 12 and three overall two and two in quadrant one, two and one in quadrant true. So four and three in the first two quadrants, zero additional losses. That's like on my top 25 and one radar Northwestern's putting together a pretty solid resume. So, you know, I always keep a list of like others that, that I need to pay attention to. And Northwestern has now made its way to, to that list. So it was a uh, eventful fun, a uh, weekend of college basketball. Now we look ahead to the next couple of nights before we talk to you again on Wednesday, nothing meaningful on Monday night because of the college football playoff game, uh, which is TCS TCU, Georgia for the national championships. Let's stop here for a second. Dead leg, Georgia minus 12 and a half. Put this in the final four and one. This is going to count. Oh, thank you for reminding me. So I meant to, cause I,
0: I I did not get the pics to you in time on Friday. I wanted, I didn't want to, so I woke up early, you know, trying to make first chair, but uh, I, so I I did a few runs. I think more than a few runs. I stopped for lunch. I go into the lodge and I'm like, damn it. I didn't, I didn't, because I didn't want to text you. I didn't want to blow up your phone at like, 7:40 in the morning and send you on the group text I didn't want to wake oh, people up. You're on baby, you, time.
1: You, you ain't waking me up at 7:40 in the morning?
0: You 7:40 Eastern 6:40 Central. I don't know. That, I'm
1: up I'm up at 6:30 every morning.
0: I didn't I did, well I didn't want to wake folks, so I forgot. I did pick all of the games. Nada, do you have my record? Did you know what it, did you did you balance it? I picked yes. all of the final four and one. It's, in, I the do dock,
1: it? it's in the doc that pa- Parish cannot uh access right now. I'm locked I'm out personally. of it. I'm locked out of that thing forever. But you guys are tied again. Woo! How did
0: we? So we each went what? I'm going to say three and two. Three uh, again. Three one and one. Oh, what what pushed the um, Creighton game? I believe Creighton Yukon. Yep. Okay. Creighton Yukon. Oh man. Oh man. Oh man. Yeah, I wanted to get that to you in time for the for the show on Friday, so it might be for. Uh, missing that just by about, I think, 20 minutes or so. But I did send in the picks. Uh Yes, let's add the title game to the final four and one. 12 and a half.
1: Georgia minus 12 and a half.
0: I picked Georgia to cover, and I picked TCU not to cover in the semis. I'm going to do it again, GP. I'm going to say Georgia wins and covers.
1: Oh, boy. I <laughs> am. You know what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, gosh. I'm a horn frog. Look at me Look at me, I'm a horn frog I'm a horn frog. <laughs> TCU plus the points. People been counting out TCU every every week of the whole season.
0: Let's pick scores.
1: I'm a horn frog
0: I'll say Georgia 38 TCU 17.
1: I'm going to go Georgia. I wish I had the total. Let me see what the total is real quick so I can base my expert pick off of that. See what they've made this tour.
0: I'm putting the total at 55. Total 63 right now.
1: Total 63. Okay. I'm going to go Georgia 34, TCU 24. That's in the number 34 to 24. That's the official. Horn frog. That's the official pick. <laughs> it's too close to sun devil. No, they, they, but that's the thing. Horned frogs are very close to sun devils. I don't think are people they? know that. Yes, they are. People don't I, realize I, that.
0: I, you know what? You are correct. A lot of people do. Not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> people don't know that. People don't know that. I, horned, I, I, like horn frog and a sun devil. They're like, they're cousins. They're not brothers, but they're cousins. got? not great, really either. (laughs) (laughs) Michigan State at Wisconsin. Uh, I'm intrigued. My guy Commander King, he's in the YouTube comments. Love Commander King. We have a we have a we have a direct message Instagram uh, relationship. Me and Commander King. Okay. (laughs) He's he's the only person I talk to.
0: Now incorrect. Well, who else was in your DMs? Some woman from Vegas. Your wife was oh, like, who is this? Some woman trying to sell you edibles in Vegas. I believe she was in UDN.
1: No, she was trying to return my passport to me. But when I started trying to look her up to see who I'm dealing with here, it was like, she this woman's got my passport. And if I want to buy edible cookies, there you she, go. she's the hookup. Um, so Commander King, he made this point. He said, it, it, "Like it's sort of wild. We're two months into the season. Like Michigan State's like kind of good, but kind of like just off the radar. Like you, he said, you guys haven't talked about Michigan State at all this season, and we really haven't.
0: I mean, what do you want from us? We We talked. They opened the season with one of the biggest games, and if they can get it going, I guess we will. I don't know. Wisconsin just.
1: They they, they've been just good enough to make us not have to do shows. Going, what's wrong with Michigan State? Yeah, and just not good enough to make us, you know, reasonably not. Hey, they go on to talk about.
0: They go on the road. They win Tuesday night, at Wisconsin. We lead the show with them. They'll be twelve and four, and uh, what eight games, seven game winning streak at that point. Maybe that's good enough. I don't know. GP can decide, but I'm putting it out there.
1: Texas it- Tech at Iowa State is also Tuesday night. Uh, see if the Cyclones can keep this going, or if Texas Tech can get a big road win. And then North Carolina at Virginia—that's the biggest game of the night. UNC quietly six and one in its past seven games.
0: It's a t- reputation adjusting opportunity for Car- for carolina if it can go and win at at virginia dubious to think it'll happen though you missed one by the way
1: what's the other what did i miss
0: illinois is going to try and walk into pinnacle
1: oh my god
0: i know and how about this how about this illinois is going to try and walk into pinnacle bank on tuesday night and as GP mentioned, what thirty-five minutes ago, alternating results, <laughs> which means it's due for a loss.
1: I know it's tough. It's
0: Due for the loss at Pinnacle Bank.
1: Oh man, if Illinois loses, it's so funny how wild, how 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 Illinois fans go from tweeting you every day, telling you how stupid you are, to you just don't hear about you. You don't hear a thing from the anyone,
0: anyone locate Tom Fornelli on this planet.
1: Right I don't now. even think Tom Fornelli's still alive. Oh no. I think we lost him. I think we lost Fort Natalie. I think we lost Fort Natalie.
0: <sighs> nice win over the weekend though, Illinois. <laughs> Got it done. Got it done against Bucky. So there we go. Hey, it's great to be back. Hope you had a good to, one on Friday. It's good
1: it's good to have oh God. You don't even know what happened on Friday. TSA broke my mic again. So I had to hold my mic, this big, I had to hold it the entire time like I was Trent Reznor or something. And like, you know, well, that's who I picture holding a mic. Trent Reznor, Trent Reznor always held the mic like this. Okay. Yeah. No, you know what? Valid. Valid. Yeah. Yeah.
0: As long as you had the rock going. So, so you told yourself to shut the heck heck up. I
1: was like Trent Reznor. (laughs) I was holding the mic. And so I just, um, TSA broke my mic again. I, I have ordered two brand new mics, too. <laughs> I have two on the way. But in the meantime, check this out. Uh, duct, it's, it's duct taped together. Oh, you God. You know what? Knock my tooth out. It just, just, first of all, you just bust yourself in the face with a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just knocked my What if I had to knock my tooth out? <laughs> and then suddenly I got to go on TV. I got 14 stitches above my eye. a knocked out tooth. What in the world am I doing? You're a rock star. It's not as easy as it looks. <laughs> <laughs> not how does, as easy. How does Trent Reznor wow. still have all his teeth? I wow. wonder. I wonder how Trent Reznor is. still has all his teeth.
0: What a moment. It's I got this. Moment.
1: I got this thing duct tape. It's ready to go. Does. TSA, if you tear this, if you tear this apart tomorrow. Guys are rough with my stuff. Dead leg here's what I genuine did. Genuine
0: question. Why don't you just like put it in the carry-on?
1: So they don't I, have to do that. I am team no carry on. Team check everything. Not even even the littlest bag at, the, I, at your feet. I have a one uh, a one uh, shoulder strap computer bag. That's it. I don't. I check everything. I'm team check everything.
0: All right. I, listen, I can't fault you. There is there are pros and cons to both. We're not getting into this debate right now. At the end of this on a Sunday night, but. You just want to save yourself such a headache. That's
1: all. I would rather Wait. my stuff get broken than have to carry it with me. I hate I like to get on. I like to check my bags and just relax. I'm in relax mode once I get through TSA. You are
0: the, you're the dream. This is this is what the TSA wants. They want people like you break my stuff. I don't care as long as I don't have to bring it on the plane. Just
1: well, break it. Well, let me tell you what I did, because I, I I set a trap for him this time. I I, I, I had my super glued. He's ele- Hold on. He's now elevating the schemes, just so yes. we're clear. He's now, he now has schemes. So He's I took- going to the airport with schemes. So I took my Gorilla Glued mic, and it was very fragile, but it was intact by Gorilla Glue. And I wrapped it in a T-shirt coming home from New York last Thursday, because I was like, okay, if this thing is still wrapped in a t- this thing should still be wrapped in a T-shirt when I get it back. Got home, opened up my bag, not in a t-shirt anymore, and and torn apart. Okay,
0: it's like they were they were searching for some edible cookies. I think
1: that's what was going on there. I don't travel with edible cookies. You think I'm trying to end up? I'm not saying. I'm just saying that's the kind of
0: thing they would be doing if they were looking for for that kind of paraphernalia.
1: So, um, so this time I've now got duct tape. So we're gonna see. We'll give them one more chance.
0: I, I think they're gonna take that as a challenge. That's all.
1: If they break this thing, if I get if I get if I get to my hotel room tomorrow, and I and I, I'm just it'll just it'd be demoralizing. Trent Reznor would grab it like this, head like a hoe! <laughs> black as your soul. There you go. I feel like it's time to go.
0: It definitely is.
1: Shouts to Devin Downey. Shouts to Chester South Carolina. Shouts to Huck Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening to Eye on College Basketball podcast. If you're not hey, congratulations on getting the number one pick.
0: Dude, what an amazing Sunday for my Bears. Number one pick. Terrible season. I don't even care. And have-
1: and Lovey Smith L- gave it
0: to you? He did. <laughs> Put him in the hall of honor. I'm serious. Got only coach in Bears history to guide him to a Super Bowl and guide him to a number one pick. And they got the most cap space in the offseason. So on a on a that's Fornelli, where are you? Can we we, lo- we lost him? Can we commiserate and celebrate together? Where lost, are you? Find me, fellow Bears
1: fan. We, we lost. We lost him in late 2022. Come on now. Yeah, because of the conductor of the Illinois train. Ah. Uh, oh my! Who was that? That's right. And I know what some people are thinking. Hold up! I just saw him on CBS Sports HQ literally yesterday, and I'd be like, "That was a that was a re, that was a, re- that was a replay." Okay. We lost Fornelli late 2022. He had a good he had a good run though, you know. He had a good run.
0: <laughs> Subscribe to this podcast and the cover three podcast while you're at it. Thank you.
1: But don't be expecting to hear Fornelli on it. out to Chip Patterson. out to Chip Patterson. He's going to have an expanded role now. <laughs> you know, this is not the way Chip wanted to get an expanded role. Nobody wanted this. But you you take you take opportunities wherever you can get them, under whatever circumstances. And so I wish him luck. If you're not subscribed, go subscribe to Apple, Spotify over at Apple. Get in those comments, write a review. There's more of us than there are of them. It's a fact. We're going to talk to you again on Wednesday. We'll see if my mic's together. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Oh, by the way, <laughs> I should have just I should have just said. that. Oh, we heard done. By the way, okay. So I had to. I've been. I've been. I've heavy loads of gorilla glue in my office because I've been trying to deal with all this stuff in my studio here. Guess what I found today? See if you can. See, see if you can see this see this here that's my son gluing Diego Maradona (laughs) (laughs) and and Ronaldo they're glued they're now super glued and he broke Neymar just completely broke Neymar oh my gosh Neymar's dead like Fernelli. so now I gotta get now I gotta get glue be (laughs) gone because Diego Maradona is stuck and that's no way to go through life All right, we'll talk to you Wednesday.